NFTs have taken the entire world by storm, <laughs> and most people have no idea how NFT businesses are ran. What is needed for an NFT team? Where could I possibly get hired? What value could I bring? Well, you're about to find out. All right, everybody. Welcome to The New Normal, a podcast where every single Tuesday, we break down complex crypto topics so that anybody can understand. I was doing some vocal things before we started, so let's just let's warm up with it here. Ow now, brown cow. Ow now, brown cow. And I forgot to add Jesse. Ow now, brown cow. I'm your host, Austin, a.k.a. Mac and Cheesy, a.k.a. The Pink Bandit. And alongside me, we have Jesse, the co-founder of the Cryptoon Goons, who puts the non-fungible in non-fungible tokens. This show is growing. We ask that you share it with somebody who's looking to learn about crypto. Share it with somebody who never bought an NFT. Share it with somebody who is a certified JPEG merchant. I don't care who it is. Hit the share button. On today's episode, we're going to be diving deep into what it takes to build an NFT project, what type of roles there are in this industry, and how you could potentially get involved as a listener, as a participant, and as a certified degenerate. Jesse, I bet if we had this conversation this time last year, you would have no idea how to answer it. It would definitely be a very different answer. <laughs> I'm curious what... Um... I guess this time last year, what do you, if you're starting an NFT, right? It's it's a lot different in terms of a an I mean, industry. Board Apes launches in ten days uh, from now, one year ago. Uh, so <laughs> it's a different world back then. That's crazy, and it's crazy that like we were chatting and we missed we missed the crypto punks, and you know, here we are, here we are, and we totally didn't miss the boat, but. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of our listeners and a lot of people in the incubator wonder how they can get a little bit more involved in this space. And we talk about it in our uh, NFT cohort, like the different parts and businesses and like ways to get involved. And I think really all the listeners can, if, if they've, they've come to what, episode 43, I'm sure they're like, they've already taken the full JPEG pill or the, the Ethereum pill or what, whatever, the orange pill. And now they're like, how do I get a little bit more involved? So um, I guess, where do we want to start here, right? Like NFTs, believe it or not, aren't just JPEGs. I think that's something that a lot of people are slowly learning. Uh, I like to call it as investing in a startup. So what wh when somebody buys an NFT, why is, there, why is there a business involved? Like what has to do with where do people like what, what give me give me something give me something no 100 percent. uh yeah nft collection nft collections specifically are absolutely startups businesses you name it um they are raising a bunch of capital um for sure a lot many of them are selling art and you know that i think that's sort of why we get i don't know confused i guess maybe because like you're buying beautiful art, right? And and art has value on its own and and all that. But I think we're seeing this that the the you know, there's so much more beyond the art. You know, we're building brands, you know, and and art is is art and art is cool and, and art has its function, but brands are what have, you know, thunder lizard 
levels of like can change the entire Thunder world. lizard. What is that a is that a saying? I don't know. I heard it one time talking about like uh moonshot kind of uh um startup companies. So is that like is that like a unicorn? There's unicorn companies and there's yeah, thunder lizards. So. Just something that like takes us from like the curve we're on to like a whole different curve. We got to and... become thunder lizards. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is the, our spirit animal. We are no longer chickens. We're no longer eggs. We're we're thunder lizards. So and it is true, right? You There's an NFT being, right there for you. <laughs> thunder. Somebody make it. Somebody mint it. I'm bought. I'm aping in. We'll we'll start the price at one ETH. Now yeah. the so yeah, that's how you become a thunder lizard. You grow from just being art to an yeah. entire and, brand. And not and if not every NFT project startup needs to become the unicorn, the thunder lizard. Um, you know, I think they'll all have their own paths to what they call success. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, these, these are a hundred percent startup companies, and the NFT. Set, the initial NFT sale is their seed funding raise, basically. Or if you, you're a company like Moon, uh, Moonbirds, uh, which is the hot topic of the week, um, which was Kevin Rose, who's a serial entrepreneur founder. They they did their raise was a little bit higher, two point five ETH per per NFT. So that that's almost like a Series A or B, um, and in traditional startup terms that is like your second or third round of funding where you're getting higher valuations because you've built something or, or whatever and so companies are kind of skipping that initial seed round at times when they have very proven teams who have shown um the ability to deliver and build companies and sell companies um previously in in the kevin rose example yeah i think I wouldn't say that it was necessarily like it was him raising capital. I bet he could have raised 75 million on the street if he wanted to for a company or or something of that nature. Fair. So for for him, um, it he well, it wasn't just it. him. Like his his COO Ryan Carson built bought uh, built and sold Treehouse, which was the online like um, coding platform to teach people how to code. And and so it's not it's not just Kevin Rose too. There's a there's a full team of founders at, who have previously built, shipped, sold companies before on that team. Point being, and and this is something that we're firm believers is you're buying into businesses, you're buying into startups, and the NFT space is quote unquote maturing. I I messaged you that yesterday, and you're like, yeah, I don't know if if the Moonbirds go into twenty ETH in in a day is a, is a mature market, and I was like. You make a good point, but I think it is maturing in a sense that you can't just ship out some JPEG and expect for it to sell out overnight. It's it's a little yeah. bit more challenging these days. And the reason being is people are starting to associate it with businesses and brands. And that's what's happening here. And so that kind of brings us into this this topic of conversation, right? Like running an NFT business, how can you start your own? How can you provide value to existing ones and uh, everything from that nature? So if I'm thinking of, okay, I'm a listener, I want to get involved in NFTs or I want to start my own NFT project, where where would you start? Yeah, so when you're you're founding your project, right? You're putting together your initial team. I mean, you want to you want to work with with great people, right? And and you want to live in the house that you build. Um and so first and foremost, find people that you are willing to spend 
every single day, night, morning, afternoon, in the same house, on the internet, wherever, you're going to spend a lot of time with these people. And so make sure you get along. Make sure you like them. Um, so I would say that's number one rule. Find people that you, you, you vibe with. Um, but from there, you're, you're starting, you want to collect people who are, you know, you want to collect a group of people who are talented, right? And who bring unique um, skill sets to the table um, so that you can build a top, top-notch product. And the first few roles that you're really going to be thinking about are, for an NFT project, are the artist, right? What, what is your NFT going to look like? some sort of tech developer. Um, someone's going to actually have to build your website, build the minting experience. And then marketing. How are you going to get the word out? How is anyone going to find out that you are doing a mint, that you want to sell this art and all these things? Who are you? What is this brand you're, you're developing? Now, those are those are core functionalities. And I I guess no matter what, every single NFT uh, requires this uh, you need an art if you need an artist in some capacity whether or not that's your um your core product moonbirds they kind of just went with whatever in terms of the art um they were like okay that's kind of I, 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 I wouldn't say it's whatever they they did they have justin mazel who he was the grim syndicate i don't know if you remember that solana project oh, yeah. he was yeah. the founder for that project um, you know, he's an illustrator. He, he's a great designer, product builder. Um, but yeah, it's certainly the emphasis is not on the, on the art per se. Um, and that one, it's not an artist founded brand. So if you're a, if you're an artist or you're a developer, um, I guess from your side, right? So you, you got in through the, the developing side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And now what was, what was it like just like first getting, because right, somebody finds somebody, how do you find somebody you vibe with? Like that's easier said than done, especially yeah. quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but I think communities are, are where it begins. You know, you want to be in communities where, where other smart people hang out, um, whether that's in the incubator or, um, or, you know, I've had I've had a, found a lot of great connections through a, a cohort course that I took um, called Maker's Mark, um, and it was just run by two smart people teaching others how to build content, and it attracted a lot of like-minded people who wanted to learn how to create content. And I've made like countless connections with people in the startup world and the tech world. Uh, and, and it's all just because I took uh, a class with, uh, with them. And so I think communities are where you find a network with people on the internet. And so I think that that is first and foremost. Um, yeah. And the incubators, what a great place to start. Just for, just because they're there, they've already checked a lot of boxes. Yeah. The, they... the, 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 the fact that they're there at, yeah, check some boxes and then, you know, um, the temp depending on what the community is kind of centered around, right? Like if the community is centered around creating content or investing or, you know, whatever that type of community is like, that's going to attract a certain type of person. And then if that community is closed, closed off because you have to like join something and they're, they're doing some sort of application based entry into that, you can expect maybe a higher quality um, type of network to be there. 
to uh, people who have really built and done things for the for the roles that are um, part of it, right? So somebody listening, oh, I I have some developer skills, I have some marketing skills, I've drawn a couple of stick figures or whatever or whatever your extensive art or whatever your art skill is if you think mm-hmm. you could be whatever you think uh, gary v figured he could just draw some things and he was the artist and that worked for gary v um yeah. what 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 is it like what why as a developer why would i be interested in being a working in an nft project like what what is that uh role and responsibilities yeah i mean so the primary role, right, is is first and foremost building building the website, uh, building that landing homepage where you can speak to the world of what you're building, uh, and then obviously the minting experience and 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 all the uh, generation of the art, right. So when we when we're creating a collection of ten thousand NFTs or six thousand or five thousand or three thousand, whatever that is, you need to use programmatic and code to assemble all the art together, and so that that requires technology and tech. Um, and then to actually do the actual mint, um, making it gas optimized, provably fair so that, you know, the team doesn't know which token IDs will be the rare ones. You know, these all these key check boxes for having a successful launch of your brand being born on the Internet. Um, it takes takes a lot of yeah knowledge and skill to do these things. And, and that's that's really what the developer is providing. But I think overall, everyone who's there at the beginning needs to be skilled and able to provide across the whole board it's a scrappy startup and the the marketing side of things i think because sometimes people are intimidated with the programming if you don't have any experience maybe that seems a little bit less realistic and maybe also the the artist right so those are two pretty very very specific skill sets that i i think a good amount of people don't have or don't currently have um, yeah, they I, might take no... you ten years. They might take you ten years to be really good at this. Although, like artist, I think takes a long time to get really good at. Um, developer, I think you can do it quicker. Um, and then marketing, maybe you could do it even quicker. Mm-hmm. From the marketing side, uh, I, I think I think probably most people listening to this could could help out in some capacity for marketing. What are some of the things that are needed um, from a marketing side? Yeah, so it all really starts with who, you know, someone's got to find users, right? We need, we, we are starting a company, we're start, we're launching an NFT project, we need to find users, but not in the traditional web two sense, we're not looking for customers, right? We're looking for community, um, because web three is community. And so we're looking for people who believe in what we're building, who want to be there for the journey from day one, and who want to support us, you know, want to buy in and think we're going to take it to the next level. And they want to be part of that journey. Um, thunder lizards. Thunder lizards, yeah. So we need to find find people who, who will believe in us. Um, and so social media is, is clearly the number one way to do this. Honestly, for most companies, not just NFTs, really. And, and so how do you do that? Um, you got to start sharing. Um, and I think we, we, in our last episode, we talked about building public with Ish ish verduzo uh verduzco and he really t- broke it down for us like what does it mean to share your journey publicly you know asking questions to your to your community that's starting to grow on social media you know like oh we're thinking about doing x or y and getting feedback um 
sharing some of the struggles that you went through so that if someone's listening, they don't have to go through that struggle quite as much. They, they get to learn and stand on the shoulders of what you already did. Um, and so I think building in public is a great, great way to, to start showing transparency and, uh, and growing um, your brand publicly. And then I think from there, it, it gets into just some of the nitty gritty tactics of, of being on Twitter. And I think you have to be b- focusing on, on replying to tweets. Killing the DM. Just killing the replies. Yeah. 15 to 20 reply tweets a day, at least. And, and don't just be shilling, right? Like, like, like don't just every like, Oh, this is how my project is so great because it's coming from your own projects account. Right. And that, that can kind of look really spammy sometimes. So you want to be developing a voice for your brand and you want to be contributing to the conversation, right. And contribute in a way that your brand sounds authentic and, you're showing people who you are, um, and whether that's dropping the emoji that your your brand that the brand you're building uh, is rallying around. You know, the egg is so iconic for the incubator, and the the um, the Tengu mask for the Kryptoon goons. You know, and I Moonbirds they chose. There's no, it's not a, not a mistake. They chose an owl and a moon, two easy emojis, right? These little things. And then you're, you're putting those out in the, in the reply. You're starting to build the narrative of who you are. What is your brand? What are you about? Um, and yeah, so the replies are a great way to kind of connect to other audiences because Twitter does not find you people automatically like TikTok or some of these other platforms. Yeah, the, the discovery by replying, you're basically injecting yourself in that person's community. Uh, and it's... Exactly. And the, the goons do it phenomenally. I think the incubator does it phenomenally. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll like tweet something and then I'll get an incubator reply. I'm like, P-boy out here. Like, <laughs> and and you, you notice. And with the goons, like you'll tweet and then you'll get a reply in like five minutes or, or whatever it is. And that engagement means like, okay, they're engaged on their end. Maybe I should be a little more engaged on my end. Um, and that, and I'm saying my end in a general standpoint, right? As a, as 100%. a potential community person. Yeah, hundred percent. And you should be leveraging your art. You know, if you're, if you're a very art driven project, the art should be firing out as part of these replies and these tweets, you know, whether it's milestones for, Oh, another thousand followers or, um, or just funny things or even gifts, you know, like you, you should be creating content, um, and, and leveraging your artwork because, I think that's a lot of what people really enjoy about NFTs is it's just the art. It's so cool. And it's kind of the, it is the billboard, right? It bring, it draws the community in. It is the initial, like, you should come check this out. And I think people listen, right? So it's like, oh, I might not run the Twitter. Like I can't run their Twitter or something that's unrealistic, but in reality, it's very realistic. Uh, so, somebody in the incubator community runs our Twitter like that, that role was filled by community members and also, oh, I can't be an artist. Can you create memes? Because the answer is probably yes, because it's basically in our blood at this point. If you can create memes, you can create community art because you can say something about an egg and uh, whatever. And mm-hmm. you can create memes. You can create these like fan driven things and that provides value to the community. And, and the more value you provide... The more value you provide, the more likely you may be part of the team. And eventually there's they're going to find a role because they're going to need to scale. 
And I think we're going to get to that. Um, and, but from like a, from a business side of things, right. We're talking about the marketing. There's also a lot of legal and accounting implications. And this is something that I think if teams don't necessarily execute or are aware of, they could come the point in December where they mint out their NFT project and all the, I, I wonder, did the goons have this problem at all where the ETH price, I guess ETH didn't really pump, go down that much. Oh yeah, it was not. Uh, we didn't make the best decisions around. <laughs> around um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to think about taxes um, when you're when you're doing a big raise. It's all that's all in revenue for your company, and you're going to get taxed on that. And you got to be careful because you're raising all in Ethereum, um, and so you're subject to the 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 fluctuations of the <laughs> price of Ethereum even though you still owe taxes on all that, on, on whatever the cost was in US dollars at the time you raised. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we got saved a little bit by the market coming back. Um, so that was good. But that was definitely a lesson learned there. And and then, yeah, and just in terms of legal, like you, you got to set up a company structure, you know, you're going to have to pay taxes. So the company is probably going to have to pay taxes. Um, you're going to need to send out 1099s to your your founders, um, because you're probably paying, you know, you're obviously you're paying the founders, uh, some, some money in the, initially. And so you're going to have to execute on all these things. And, and then not to mention the actual like ownership rights of the art you're, you're sharing out the NFTs, like what, you know, what ownership rights are you giving out? Um, and then any, any copyright trademarks you want to file for your own company or, and also just being careful, um, with the art you're putting out. Um, making sure that you're not violating any uh, copyrights or trademarks. Um, and, you know, I think each project is going to approach this differently, right? Because it's, it doesn't, it's not cheap having a lawyer. You shouldn't, you definitely shouldn't um, skip on it. Like it's not something you want to skimp on. You want, you mm -hmm. do want to go for a quality person, but you know, I, it's understandable if you don't have a lot of capital, you might need to wait for the mint, you know, to, to really start hammering on, on, on some of these things but just setting up the company structure getting some kind of document down of who owns how much of of it you know having that in place um is really important because if it's all just kind of wishy-washy and no one really knows then that's where you get into like potential arguments and um people leaving and then you know you just you want to have protection for your company and for the brand you're building now on um so we talked about about like all of these roles that we're discussing are very much general in a sense that every NFT project will need it. Now, what we're what we were talking about in the open was there's businesses associated with these NFTs. So the goons, which is a, um, you know, apparel business, there may be different roles that are associated with that. And then um, somebody in the incubator cohort, their NFT project is associated with hot sauce. So there's different roles associated with that. That's that's what I, I consider the business development roles in uh, an NFT project. And as we see more of these NFTs uh, catered towards businesses, those business development roles are going to become more and more prevalent. So if you don't think that you fall in any of those buckets, I would suggest maybe think about what bucket you would fall in and then maybe go and look for that type of project. Because let's say you're listening to this and you're a hot sauce expert and you didn't know how you could possibly get into NFTs. Well, you go and you find an NFT project that's doing hot sauce or something. And now you're an immediate subject matter expert. So 
there and this is happening in real time from a business development standpoint so just think let your let your mind run wild in terms of how you can potentially collaborate with teams if you don't think that you fall in any of the above buckets but i would challenge you and say you probably do fall in one or one of those in some capacity no 100 percent um yeah, each business is unique. Um, and, you know, I, as I always kind of say, as your team forms, right, you're not going to necessarily, you can't, you can't do the LeBron James, like literally build the exact team you want to create. Like a lot of times it just, it comes together in certain ways and, and it's not something you can always control. Um, the talent just assembles in the way it does. And you'll find out people have different strengths and weaknesses and, Whatever you're building and doing, you should just be assessing, okay, what are the strengths of our team? What do we do very well here? And leaning into those strengths um, and tripling down, if you will, um, to to really kind of grow the business in the direction of those skill sets. The LeBron James. You can't pick D-Wade, Bosch. I guess one would argue D-Wade picked LeBron, but that's neither here nor there. Now, once you're once you mint out and now it's time, that's when the fun starts. And now you have to deliver something because you just evaluated yourself at probably a $10 million company. You raised your seed round and you don't have a business, most likely, depending on what project it is. You don't have a business. You don't have this. So now you have to scale quickly, which is yeah. probably the hardest part of any business, let alone a brand spanking new business that raised capital. So what are what what have you found is effective or not effective from scaling up a team and like how to properly do it? 100%. Yeah, I think your first hires need to be focused on the community. So community managers and moderators, you know, like just people to help grow and 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 um support the community, keeping it secure, um managing the communication with the with the community answering questions welcoming new people because like as you as the team are driving the actual like company strategy and executing on all kinds of things you're trying to deliver on your roadmap you're just gonna you're not gonna have time to do everything and so um com the community team is huge 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 and that is for sure um i would say one of your first hires and then from there i mean hopefully you have a couple you have a couple other types of roles you're going to be looking for um and this is depending on what your roadmap is and what you're trying to deliver but probably trying to scale your artist right your artist can't do everything so you're probably bringing on some sort of designer maybe an animator um really to co continue to grow the brand build products and things like that social media manager okay your marketing person can't do the social media management stuff forever right they need to be reaching out and connecting with people they need their the marketing marketing oriented person on your team is probably doing a lot of outreach and building relationships and things like that. And so you're going to want to scale there. And then if you're planning on throwing events and things like that, you might need an event planner. And then if you uh, want to really um, take your business to the next level, you might need partnerships, right? So web three, we say is for community, but web two is for customers. And so you might need to find customers. And so partnering with companies in the web two space who have a lot of customers who have a lot more reach, but they don't have the community and the artwork and things like that. And so there's a lot of different ways to go here. And I think, how do you source these people? 
you know, I think ideally you have some of them lined up beforehand, right? You don't, you can't pay them yet because you haven't minted out, but you, you know, you have kind of soft conversations with some people, you know, in your network ahead of time saying, Hey, like this is going on. Like, would you be interested? You know, once we get moving, mm -hmm. um, and then the other approach is like you you just formed a community of people who are believing in what you're doing. There's probably people with serious talent in your community. And that's sure. where a lot of the people come from, right? Like the incubators power a team literally built off of the community of the incubator, right? Everybody who works at the incubator came from the community. Uh, literally. And that can be pretty much said too for the goons. Um, a lot of people who work for the goons came through the community. They either came from our existing network or they came through the community. Um, and so these are your two best paths to, to filling out these roles. I can't stress enough the importance of that hiring from people who are in the community. Like they are there and they are part of it and they, they want to be part of it. And those are the most qualified people. So if you can fill a role from somebody who's there, you do that. And what we've found is like, it's it's been a no-brainer and it's been amazing and and we haven't had any um any issue with literally anybody we've brought on and i think that's because they've like we're all here with a, a same for the same reason and it it helps maintain that culture and one thing that i think like from like a scaling perspective and this is something that i'm actively learning from like the incubator but what i've found is like identifying roles that are lower risk or lower pressure and then giving those those roles to kind of your newly onboarded people so in a sense if you are client facing don't necessarily give the client so for the incubator right we we help companies from a marketing standpoint for their their business um, but we also run our own social media and we run our own um, video editing. So we have every, every product that we offer, we run internally. So rather than being client facing day one, you work on the internal product because if the internal product goes to, sh goes to crap, kind of whatever, it's like, it's an internal thing. But if you kind of prove yourself there, you can then scale up to kind of being the client facing and allows for this ability to scale. It doesn't scale as quickly because it takes time to onboard, but it, I've found that it's kind of an effective way to bring people onto the team and um, have them kind of gain confidence. So I think finding a, a small role and we call it walking before running, walk before run, walk before running. And that way you, and the, I mean, that's the beauty of web three, right? There's, you can find somebody in a day who's interested. And then if they're good, they're good. If they're not good, it, you know, keep it moving. Totally. And, and it's really helpful if you give your community a way to signal um, what they're good at, um, what they might be interested in. Um, so having some sort of introduce yourself channel or forum or things like that is like a really great way. And then also, yeah, just like making it clear, like there are opportunities and, and, and making it um, clear that, hey, yeah, we're, we're looking for people to help out. And then what those kind of opportunities are, because I think that that gives people an idea of where to go. Um, but yeah, what, um, so if some, somebody's listening and they wanted to start tomorrow trying to get into NFTs from a business side, from a working side, rather than being a JPEG speculator, what would you say is their first step? 
identify the skills that you do have. Um, if you're, if you're still in college or, or, you know, you're kind of early in your career, um, think, find what you're passionate about. Like at the end of the day, you got to find like what energizes you. Um, and so look around in the community, look around, uh, at, at, at the stuff you're kind of doing and, and just try stuff, right? Like try making a meme, seeing if you, like it, it's really fun and you get geek and you get geeked out and you're up to like 4am trying to make them, you know, like you'll know when it hits, right? Like you'll have that just like rush through your whole body of like, this is amazing. I want to do this for the next 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll know uh, when it's hitting and and so, yeah, just trying a bunch of different things, I think, is, is the way to go. Um, and then I think everyone should be creating content, no matter who you are, what you're doing. I think everyone retweets. Benefits, benefits. Retweets favorite reply to that. Yeah, I think everyone benefits because you just become a better writer, better communicator, even if you don't like you like I've learned. Yeah, you, you learn how to like share ideas in a more streamlined, condensed fashion by writing on the Internet and. And this is the remote world we're moving into. We're always going to be communicating online, uh, like very, very frequently. And so, the better you can communicate your ideas across the the, the the computer to someone else, like it could change your life. And so, um, yeah, I think everyone should be trying their hand at, at, at social media, whatever, which, whichever one fits you best. But I personally think Twitter is is my favorite, just because I think that's where the best networking and best opportunity to connect with interesting people is. I agree. And I think a lot of the skills, luckily, we're in the bleeding edge of the world. So all the skills you pick up here aren't going anywhere. You're learning how to write Twitter or on Twitter. Well, that's a new form. That's the form of writing. That's not going anywhere. And we find it even when we're writing in Discord messages. Like, I think our our communication, just because how you you structure, you start structuring your messages as if they're tweets and it's just easier to read and it's easier to come away with a conclusion because no longer is it verbal communication. It's 99% written communication. Like we talk every day and we definitely don't talk verbally every day. We probably talk once a week on this thing, but like, and that's just the nature of communication. Um, so the skills 100%. that you're going to pick up trying to get involved in this industry will not go away and you're not going to be you're not going to be mad that you wait, you stayed up till 4 a.m., although maybe you're going to be mad tomorrow when you wake up. But in general, and I think and I think also if you are. You if you are working and you're like, oh, I don't think NFTs, crypto is going to shake up where I work or I don't I don't think my business can use this. I would stress to, I guess, challenge that thought in a sense that it it is a disruptive technology and this disruption doesn't have bounds so yeah i mean did you ever did you think every company would have a website in 2001 like no but now they do and so like every every company needs a community and and that's what web3 is and that's what nfts are and so it's 100 percent gonna happen and so you when you're growing the and now i think you, you had like a subtle thing right with a a web2 company Mark, uh, partnering with a Web three company, um, I I think it's a great opportunity to talk about how like okay, so what did the goons do for that? Um, so kind of circling back to that 
that part of the topic, right? So you have this business and now it's time to scale it. Like, how do you get those clients or like, just talk about that partnership and like maybe some inside baseball in terms of what, um, how that happened. So just thinking about kind of as listeners are following us, right. They're following this in real time. They might as well follow the goons a little bit more. The, you know, hearing about yeah. that, I think has value. No, for sure. Yeah. So the Cryptoon Goons, we, we've partnered with uh, Urban Outfitters um, and we'll be selling um, our, our apparel, which, you know, we got, got rocking some right here. If you're, if you're I'm actually, the, I'm wearing the hat too. I'm wearing the hat. Um, if, you, if you're watching, jump onto the YouTube, uh, 36, 32 seconds, <laughs> <laughs> come check it out. Um, but yeah, we'll be selling, uh, exclusive collections through, uh, urban outfitters and that'll be uh, part of our wholesale, um, strategy as a company. Um, you know, we'll still be selling online through our own store and that that's our own kind of direct to consumer channels but we will be selling wholesale around the world eventually through through urban and the the short of like how that came together is is connection is just a network um there there was no like magic uh thing that happened uh we just have a super talented person on our team who is in deep in the streetwear um business and runs his own print shop and he just had connections he literally was like i think literally roommates with <laughs> with, <laughs> with with someone at, at urban urban and and that's just because that's how he grew up through his career like was is always focused on apparel and and, and screen printing and then just was always around those kinds of people and so of course he now knows somebody at urban you know i'm a developer I, of course i know someone who works at facebook at twitter you know you just you rub yeah. shoulders to people because you just were in the industry and you work there and you, you make connections and and as you know people leave jobs and go to other jobs and and your network spreads as that happens and so I think that stuff just kind of happens naturally from having experience and being deeper in your career. I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Uh, NFT NYC. It's coming up. It's coming up, and I'm sure we're going to have probably a future episode where we talk more about scaling. How you go from a a thunder lizard to a unicorn or whatever it is because yeah. i'm bullish we're all bullish it's all bullish. 100%. like this video if, if you're bullish but um yeah we i mean end of the day the, nfts there, there was one more thing actually i wanted to touch on before we take it out of here um advisors i think this is something people forget about um but when you're when you're oh, building yeah. a company advisors are a major major cheat code um they are a great way to inject new ideas, really smart people onto your team without the need to necessarily hire them full time. And then maybe they're not available to be hired full time, but you can, you can pay them, you know, wow, you know, you kind of work it out, but generally in an NFT project, you know, maybe it's a couple NFTs, some ETH, you know, some kind of fixed price like that. Um, and then even potentially upside in the company too, some small percentage that, that, that is part of advisor packages at times. And this advisor might have like experience, like super in depth with where you're going as a business or, you know, and you should really be thinking about having advisors in each different kind of section, of, keep section of your business, you know, marketing, um, streetwear, apparel, um, you know, whatever th you have your key cornerstones of your business, you should probably have an advisor um, who has has the network to help you out, has the the previous skills of delivering products in that industry. Um, and because they will, they will point out giant potholes that are like, 
10 feet ahead mm-hmm. and you'll be able to just drive right around it. <laughs> and, and, and that can be endlessly valuable. Um, that goes so, for yeah. every business too. Yeah. Some, uh, um, my buddy JP who runs a, a Bitcoin mining company, he's like, advisors are literally a, a, a life hack. You couldn't afford them if they were actually an employee but they're an advisor and they're fine because they get to be part of this, you know, their name gets to be, it helps their brand. It doesn't really take too much, but sitting down with an advisor for an hour could save you hundreds of hours. And it's just mutually beneficial. You can learn so much, so much quicker too. like literally getting like a couple hours, just sitting down with someone and and downloading their brain. (laughs) It can be just endlessly valuable. We downloaded someone's brain, uh, yesterday <laughs> it was just asking a million questions literally a million and it's just like give me the info i love it the it's it's the future people it's the future we're building i think you should be building too if if you're looking for ways to help start building just start participating and i always say if you're providing value whether it's just intro saying hi to somebody in the community like answering someone's question and you provide enough value over time, things will happen. Whether it's the team noticing or people in the community noticing, you're going to become part, you're going to grow your brand on a micro level or a, a, a tight knit level, a more niche level. And that's how Jesse got his role. And that's how a lot of people in the incubator got their role, right? Providing value at a, a lower level that maybe is less intimidating than kind of, going on uh social media and it's all about just providing value and nobody's going to be mad that you're helping like nobody's gonna be like oh what the hell so like don't i guess get out of your head in that sense and just start helping providing value and next thing you know you will find people in the industry it is a small small industry it is there is not that many people there really isn't and it's an exciting opportunity but as time progresses that number increases that number increases and either you're getting more and more experience or there's more people getting experience. So like we're still early. So let's just keep, let's, let's keep it moving. Let's become thunder lizards. Everybody. We want everybody listening to this podcast to become a thunder lizard. If you've listened to all 43 episodes, then I think you're close to being a thunder, a thunder lizard. No, you're, you're at least you're, you're on the right track. And if you haven't, I would go suggest listening to all of them because if you want to be a thunder lizard, that's what you need to do. This is the new normal. We break down complex crypto topics every single Tuesday. I'm your host, Austin. Alongside me, we have Jesse. And as we always say, let's keep it moving, folks. Let's roll the outro. Peace out. I'm walking around in the circle of life. Doing the things 